Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. Yes, sir. I got to chop it up with Caillou Gumpton. But before we jump to this interview, let's talk about the WNBA Finals matchup. We have Chicago Sky versus Phoenix Mercury rematch. Man, I'm too excited for this. But that game five, though, wow. Oh, my God. The last minute had me bugging. What about y'all? DT with the block on um, Cam Beige. And then with the three, like, what? Messed up ankle, man. She's so tough. BG with the biggest block to save the game. Shout out to the Aces, though. That run y'all had in the third. Asia Wilson, when she shoots from that foul shot line, that bucket is money every time. You already know Kelsey is a walking bucket. Man, when Gray hit that three to tie the game, wow, that was just a great game five. I'm going to go with this guy, though. Y'all know I rocks with Copper, and I would love to see Candace definitely get a ring going back home. So let's get into this interview with Kyle Gumpton, bucket getter, college athlete of the year, and much more. Introducing Kyle. Kyle, thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. I really do appreciate you giving me your time. Let me gonna pick your brain and sharing your journey with me. No worries. I appreciate you having me, honestly. And I am excited when you sent me the reminder this morning. I didn't need no reminder. I already knew. I was I just ready. like me on the safe side, you know. <laughs> I had some time. Oh, no, I, where, feel you. I feel you. Know, Want to be professional, keep it like, hey, giving you a reminder. So there's no, you know, no issues. But tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm Kyle. Um, I am in Michigan right now. I'm actually from Michigan, Uh, probably about 30 minutes from Detroit, where I'm originally from. I'm from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, And I grew up in Belleville, Michigan as well. So I... I'm the youngest of three. I have two older brothers that also play basketball. Uh, They are taller than me. I am six foot two. And I am the shortest in my family, except for my mom. She's five three. So my dad's six three and my other brothers are about six seven and six six. So um, it's weird because people say, you're so tall. And I'm like, I'm not. No, not not really. Yeah, I'm, I'm never like one of the tallest guys in the team or nothing like that, but I just try to make an impact in, in the way that I can, you know, and uh, you just have to master a few skills and you can really get by, honestly. So, I know that's right. So yeah. you grew up, so was you where you grew up? I'm not going to say where you, the town because I'll butcher it. Um, oh, no, you good? How do you say it again? Give, give it a try. I want to see this. <laughs> you know what I want to say? Epilepsy. So we're just going to say you're from Michigan and we're going to keep it there. I'm not, it takes me a long time. I have to like practice it's, it. It's all good. A lot of people can't pronounce it. So it's, it's Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. So, 
Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. remember the Lanny part. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. what was the basketball culture there? Was it big? Was it small? Or was there none at all? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually transferred. So uh, I had played AAU, you know, from, um, I'd say, fifth grade all the way through my senior year. So basketball definitely was big in the surrounding areas as well. Um, so for me, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything like, oh, my gosh, basketball. It was it was always kind of a big thing, even when I went on to higher levels. I, it was like, this is what I'm used to, you know. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, Ypsilanti, Belleville, same thing. I started off at, at a school in Ypsilanti. I was there from kindergarten all the way to my sophomore year. Uh, I transferred to Belleville, which is only about 15 minutes away. Um, it was just a better basketball situation for me, and we were moving anyway. So um, I did that, and, you know, after that, I ended up uh, – I had a, a, a very good, you know, uh, high school career, but I had an even better college career. So what I ended up doing was I transferred to JUCO – uh, Henry Ford Community College, um, just because I wanted to weigh out better options. And it was really, honestly, the one of the better things that I ever did, because as soon as I went there, I was getting a lot more better looks that I had originally wanted. So after playing two years at Henry Ford, I went mm -hmm. to University of Illinois Springfield, and I had a really good career there. And I would say it was kind of an adjustment for me because, um, you know, although I had a, a good high school career, um, I never really was in a system that was like, okay, we're going to make sure that we really get this guy the ball to shoot. So when I got to University of Illinois Springfield, um, you know, the first few practices, they saw I could shoot. They saw I could, you know, I could jump. I was athletic. But um, really it was an adjustment because, I was getting the ball and I was sometimes, you know, passing up certain shots because I was the new guy. I wanted to, right. you know, share the wealth. I didn't want to rub nobody off the wrong way. So they actually stopped practice. They said, KG, they called me KG. They said, KG, we want you to shoot the ball here. And I was like, oh, okay. So they started running me off all these screens and everything. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. So it was just a better system. It was one of the better systems for me from a basketball perspective and mentally, I didn't have to think. I didn't have to think about, oh, is Coach mad that I'm shooting too many shots or am I being too aggressive? You know, it was it was good. And, you know, I didn't I didn't agree with everything like nobody does. But overall, it was it was a decent situation for me. And I think that that was what really kind of helped me to uh, start my career. OK, so before we get into the whole career thing and all that, where yeah. did the love for basketball come from? Well, Actually, my brothers, so they would they would play in the house. My dad would always build these little hoops in the house, and they would play, and I just started playing with them, and I'm like, okay, this is fun. You know, this is <laughs> at, like, two, three years old. So um, then the weirdest thing was I stopped playing basketball and started doing baseball. I have no idea where that Ooh. came from. But I was good at baseball. I was hitting the ball really far, hitting over the house. But when I saw that my brothers were excelling in basketball, I'm like, all right, let me, like, really try this. So I started doing basketball, and it was almost kind of like I was a natural, you know. Um, I was able to shoot from a far range even as a little, little kid. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny because I would bend down really low and just throw it up, <laughs> and it went in. So I, 
I think honestly, because I was good at it and because my whole family, you know, my cousins, everybody played college. And I think that that really helped it to grow even more. The, okay, so that's what I wanted to get to. Being the fact that they're the youngest, you have older brothers, they're bigger than you, well, taller yeah. than you, taller than you, excuse me. So was there any competition? You said you was you were talented at it already. So was there competition between your brothers? Like, did you want to beat them? Did they always beat you? Explain that to me. Yeah, you know, it's funny with me, even uh, as a young person, I really expected to win. I really did. And I would sometimes get mad, like really mad. Like, like, like no, play again. Let's go. Uh, you know, <laughs> like that competitive nature was in me. So it's kind of in me now to be like an underdog. Even if I'm not an underdog, I make up in my mind some crazy imagination that I'm an underdog. And what it does is it actually inspires me and it motivates me to, to go even higher. Uh, playing with them, you know, very physical. They're bigger. They try to post up and try to do certain moves. Um, when they would defend me, they were longer. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this shot off. They were getting a piece of it. And that was just annoy the heck out of me. Annoy the <laughs> heck out of me. So I figured out ways to create space. And then I started shooting the floater. Ooh. And I started really shooting that really effective. I'm like, they can't get to this shot. So I would shoot it, you know, straight on. I'd shoot it off the high glass. They were trying to block it. They couldn't get to it. So um, to this very day, I love shooting floaters. People ask me all the time. I think you just love to shoot floaters like that. It's my <laughs> brothers because they were that much longer than me. And I had to really get that shot off. So, yeah, it, it was it was definitely I, I always expected to win. And I still expect to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And back to the shoot. And I just think you love to shoot because as I was doing my research and reading, yeah. Three-pointers here. It goes down in history for the most three-pointers there. So, but we'll get to that. So you played yeah. AAU. I did. So would you say that the AAU culture now in, did you play in Michigan? I did, actually. Okay. Yep. I played would you say, okay. So would you say that the AAU culture is different in Michigan now as like more players, um, more training involved, more conditioning, just learning more than it was when you were playing AAU? I, I would say so. You know, now we live in such a such a highlight age. And, you know, you don't see people miss shots because all you see is highlights. And I think <laughs> that, you know, a huge problem in the basketball development is that people are not watching basketball games. They're mm. watching basketball highlights. They're trying to duplicate you know, doing five crossovers and it's like, you don't take all of that. <laughs> you know, I think that, and I think that um, people are watching highlights. They're not watching basketball. So with AAU, uh, it's just about highlights and it's just about did someone get dunked on or someone doing five crossovers to get to a spot. And I think back then it was just about, look, do you have some dog in you? And are you really talented enough to play out here in front of all these coaches that's surrounding the sport? You know, are you gonna are you gonna get small in this moment? Or are you gonna be, you know, are you gonna be big? So I think back then it was just, you know, it was more basketball based. And I think now even more it's politics based. So it's, I agree it's kind you. of a unfortunate reality. I mean, I think that there there's some good in it still. I still feel that AAU is where the scholarships mostly come from. I feel that a lot of these high school coaches 
honestly don't really know what they're doing from that standpoint. I think they just want to get the kids in, coach them, and get them out. I think that's what they think their job is most of the time. You do run across some that are good, and they feel like it's their job to get some of their better players to school. But AAU, for sure, I think it's where scholarships come from. I had a lot of letters from uh, a lot of Division ones, Division twos, and AAU. And I even got one from, like, an Ivy League school. I think it was Yale. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Yale and Cornell. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other, uh, a lot of other schools, but yeah, AAU is is definitely a beneficial thing overall. I just think that if you're not uh, mature enough to understand structure, you know, it can be quite an adjustment when you actually go to structure because AAU okay. is nothing like college. <laughs> okay, and do you think that a lot of times the way the AAU is built now, that a lot of kids get scared away from? actually pursuing basketball because the way AAU is ran always traveling there's rarely are you the best kid okay you're on my team practice then no are you okay no how can we help you get better so do you think that it definitely helps the kids but do you also feel that AAU can hurt a kid as well as following in their dreams and playing basketball yeah, I think I think that it can cause for players to put a lot of unnecessary pressure on themselves. You know, if if a coach is not looking at you anymore or whatever, well, there's so many other universities out there. Um, you know, and it is a blessing to play college at any level. It's only like one percent or something like that that actually play college, or four percent, something crazy. And um, you know, I think that a lot of people are just they just get caught up in the pressure. Gotta be division one, division one, division one, division one. It's all you hear. Division one. When, when I when I came out of high school, if it was division one, I wasn't really trying to hear it. I wasn't really trying to hear it. And I think that one of the things that I have learned um, in time was it's not about division three or division five for all that matters. It's really about your best fit. You know, your best fit, whether that's professionally or in a collegiate standpoint. You know, me personally, I never wanted to play somewhere where I wouldn't be used to the best of my ability. Okay. Just to say I played there. You know, right. I meet people all the time. No disrespect to anybody. But they'll be like, you know, I played in the league. You look them up and it's like, well, dang, they average 1.2 points a game in six minutes. And it's like, well, you know, with basketball for me, I want to make sure that I'm getting my body used because when you're 52, you can't tap back into that 21-year-old, 33-year-old you and be like, okay, body, activate. Right. You know, that's gone. So I want to make sure that I'm being used. And for me, I learned in time that it's really just about being the best fit. And that's one thing that I would just preach to people out there today. If you are, you know, going to the college level, look at what the best fit is for you. Look at, you know, who wants to fit you into their system the most. And, you know, how much they're offering and stuff like that. That's what matters. Speaking of that, how did you know, because you transferred, that University of Illinois Springfield was for you? And how did you, like, before you got there, like, how did you know the system was going to work for you? Like, you, like, I know coaches say a lot to get you to go there. You know, recruiting is a full-time job for some people just to get that one player there. So how did you know that that's? system was going to be good for your style of play that's a great question that's a great (laughs) 
Fist pump, and you know, I got to stay on mice, you know. That's right. That's right. That's a great question. So for me, it's funny because when I was at Henry Ford, uh, it was me and uh, four other sophomores. All of us went to go play at, a, at the next level. And uh, they were actually looking at a video of one of the other players on my team. And they were like, hey, who's the guy with the head? Because I always wear a headband. Like, who's the dude with the headband, you know? <laughs> and uh, that was how they how they started getting on to me. So then they started calling and, and talking to me, and they explained what they liked about my game and how they could fit me into their system and running me off the screens and letting me shoot my floater and stuff like that. And um, what I, I guess for me the real kicker was um, there was some type of stipulation where you were – supposed to try to graduate from your two-year school to play in this conference there was a way around it but i don't remember exactly how that went however they made sure that i got my associate's degree so they i mean they connected all the dots you gotta take this course you gotta do this summer class you gotta boom and when i saw that i'm like okay they really want me to go there and they're not just gonna give me all these thousands and thousands of scholarship money to have me like not shooting, barely playing, you know, and um, yeah, that was that was how I knew it was for me. I think. Okay, um, one one thing that I noticed um, in college or in general playing basketball is injuries, and I see that you've had some, and you had a major one, even though it was minor, it was still major with your heart. Um, yeah. How did you come back or even get through injuries and still wanted to play the game of basketball? Yeah, you know, it's really, it's really crazy because um, I have dealt with um, some injuries and stuff, you know, I would say since high school and then college. The heart one, that was, that was kind of crazy because it was really new to me. Um, I had it happen before, but it just wasn't as often. Okay. Um, and for me, it was just a matter, you know, I went and got an EKG done and stuff. They said I was good. But at that time, I was actually drinking too much Gatorade. Wow. And I mean, I wasn't drinking no water. I was drinking Gatorade for lunch, dinner, and it started kind of um, making me get these palpitations. But mm -hmm. also when I would play, it would bring those palpitations as well. So once they told me that, I said, all right, I, I got to change this up. Like, this, is not, this is not working. And I had to literally think about it, like, okay, do I want to talk about how I could have played college and I could have did this and that? You know, I hear a lot of shoulda, coulda stories. I didn't want that to be me. I said, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to change how I drink and in some cases how I eat. And I'm going to get mentally tougher. And I think that that first year, I was not as mentally tough either. You know, when we're running and stuff like that you know, during conditioning, um, I wasn't as mentally tough as I should have been. So when I took that year off and I came back and I was working out with my brothers and stuff and with these guys that played overseas and I was just conditioning myself, I was really reprogramming my mind to say, look, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to overcome this. And ever since then, I just didn't look back, you know, um, even when little injuries would come and go, I would find ways to to deal with them and to eventually eliminate them 
and not try to stay in it because a lot of players, uh, after a couple of injuries, they kind of start giving up and they go bad with mm-hmm. nutrition and they eat bad and they drink bad. And um, I'm like, I'm not going to be a statistic. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome this. And mentally that's, that's helped me a lot in a lot of areas of my life. So it's been great. That's what I like to hear. Cause sometimes, you know, they just, they can't, or they, want to give up or they find every excuse not to continue so i appreciate you for wanting to continue basketball so i can have something to watch absolutely no problem so in 2013 um you were named male athlete of the year what did that feel like honestly it felt it felt crazy amazing like i you know, I knew I had a, a really good year, um, but I just, I guess for me, I don't look to expect certain things like, oh, I better get that. You know, there's right. other sports, you know, there's soccer, there's, you know, all these other sports that people play. Um, and then, of course, there is basketball. There's other basketball players that, that also can get it as well. So uh, it was kind of, it was crazy for me. You know, it it kind of let me know it was like a reconfirmation. Like, okay, look, you know you can play at the next level, right? You know, so when I had gotten that, it just really um, inspired me even more. I didn't want to stop there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just have that nice glass trophy at my house and just say, I got athlete of the year. Now I'm good. You know, I, I wanted to uh, wanted to go higher with it as well. So. It was a, a humbling thing for sure. And I'm very grateful for it as well, because I understand that, you know, not everybody gets that. And, uh, it was a blessing. You know, I really put in a lot of work. I really did. I would, you know, we had morning practices. Sometimes I'd stay after and shoot. Um, other times I'd go back to my place and get my breakfast, take a nap, go to class. And then I, sometimes I wouldn't get out of class until 8.30 at night. I'd go to the arena, I'd shoot, or I'd have a student come and rebound for me, and I would just shoot. And I just, I mean, I knew those rims like it was the back of my hand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I knew spots on the floor. I knew how I felt. I knew where I had to place the ball. So that game time, I'm like, okay, that's a bucket. You know, bucket. so I put in a lot of work. <laughs> I really did. And I would get back to my place sometimes 11, 11.30 at night, knowing I have practice at 7, 7.30 in the morning. So when you're putting in all this work, staying after practice, going to the gym late. What did you, what was your dream at that moment? Like in college, what did you want to do at the next level? You always speaking of wanting to be higher. What did you want to do then? Did you want to go to the NBA? Did you want to go straight to overseas? Yeah. um, I was really open to all options. I will say though, overseas initially, I'm going to be 100 it actually was a little intimidating because um, even though I had traveled a lot um, around the country, my, my fear, I did have a fear was what if I go somewhere or I get lost or I don't know the language or I don't know how to pay for this or I don't know how this food is or I don't, you know, I had a lot of crazy uh, thoughts and in some cases fears of things that didn't even happen. So, um, I knew that I wanted to, but I knew that I had to get to a point in my mentality that I could actually do it. 
So I did a year ABA mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was good, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, I want something better. And after that, I really was pushing myself to, to get out of here. And ever since then, I just really haven't looked at. I know that's right. So what do, where do you currently play now? So I just finished playing with the Detroit Cobras recently. Um, and, you know, uh, I had I had a good season. Uh, the season, they had ended up uh, stopping the season and selling the rights of the team, actually. Um, so actually, I don't even know if they're even anymore at all. So they just cut the team totally. So right now, I'm just in a process of uh, meeting with different trainers and working out. Um, a lot and I'm going to be traveling more and playing in a lot of different things as well and I'm looking to get back out of here again pretty soon I am open to playing here in the states as well but it just has to be right mm-hmm. it's got to be um, you know organized it's got to be from a standpoint of something that's really working because okay. the way I look at it you know I work really hard to just the bare minimum I'm not going to settle for that so I'm, I'm, you know, more than willing to, you know, take this time and just focus on my development, my growth and my networking with different um, organizations and see what the best fit is for me. Okay. I want to ask you, what makes a great basketball player? Consistency. Okay. And with consistency comes my favorite A word, and that's accountability. If you are accountable yourself accountable uh i think that you can have success i understand that certain people have certain talents and things of that nature but when you're accountable you know it's not enough for you to make two shots in a row you want to make five shots in a row you want to make six shots in a row you know you want to really make this thing a craft and you know i come across a lot of people no disrespect to them but um you know they might play professionally they might play semi-pro and they, they, they do it for the clout. You know, they want to put them in their profile. Pro, you know. And that's like, I know these people. They don't work on their game at all. They just go to these teams that are not organized and they put pro in their bio. They don't work on their game. They're not accountable. Uh, they're doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing on a consistent basis. And when it comes time for the game, they're like, oh, I'm here. And they're not able to perform at an elite level because of the lack of consistency and because of the lack of accountability and accountability is big in life period. And I think a lot of people from a basketball and from a non-basketball standpoint, they're just ready to point fingers. I'm ready to point fingers in case this doesn't work out and you, 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 you know, it's everybody's fault, but you. So when you hold yourself accountable, you say, look, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. You know, you're going to raise your standards in time. You know, after a week or so, you're going to increase those standards. You're going to change different things about your workout. You know, um, you're not going to put certain things into your body consistently that could, you know, deter you from being a better player. So it's a lot of discipline. It really is. And, you know, it's cool to still be a human. Of course, everybody's going to, what, I eat pizza and all that stuff. So, you know, I do all those things, <laughs> but I just try to make sure that I'm not consistently drinking pot, getting, you know, two liters. I mean, the way society is set up, it is designed for you to fail. Like you can get a pot, a two liter pot for 99 cents, but that smoothie is going to be like $9. Yep. They sure is. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people, they fall into what's easy. 
So because of that, they're not able to be at an elite level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very tough on myself and I make sure that, you know, certain spots, you know, I make a certain type of shot, certain amount of times in a row or whatever. I have certain trainers that push me as well to do the same because they know what I'm capable of. And I just want to make sure I hold myself to a high standard so that in a game, it's easier. You score that 57 points that you scored because I was scrolling and I seen, I was like, okay, now. I was like, look, 57 points? Yeah. Now, now I got to be humble here. It was, it was technically 56. That's oh, okay. That's all right. Oh, look at you. It was technically, look at that. So yeah. where do you see yourself in the next five years besides playing basketball? Um, you know, I'm really starting to dive into uh, helping people even more. That's always been my thing anyways. I'm, you know, I believe that being a pro is more than just dribbling a ball and shooting into a cylinder. Help your community, help any community. I mean, sometimes people may not go back to where they came from necessarily right away, but they might be able to help other areas of the world. What, what are you doing to make this a better place? You know, um, I've participated in... Uh, my church has a food drive, so I would go to the church every Friday and get a bunch of boxes of food and I'd take them to people's houses and just helping people. I think helping people is is huge and serving people. You know, I I am a Christian and, you know, in the Bible, it talks a lot about serving. Jesus, he served the poor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I don't think that they look forward to serving others. So I just like to put a smile on people's face and do what I can to help. You know, you don't have to do the biggest thing for everybody. You don't have to give them a bunch of money. Sometimes it's just being a helping hand, helping them to move something, you know, helping them with groceries, um, being an encouraging person, sending an encouraging message, you know, and there's a lot of ways to help people. So I'm looking at also starting a nonprofit for mental health because mental health is really huge. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really huge thing in our society. And a lot of us have dealt with mental health. So I want to make sure that I can do whatever I can to help people's lives better, you know, to help it be better, rather, I should say. Um, and again, it's not just with material things. It's cool to, you know, I've done the shoes. I give shoes to people and stuff like that. I buy people's shoes. Sometimes it's not materialistic. Sometimes, mm -hmm. it's, you know, the non-intangible things, you know, and, um, anything I can do to make the world a better place. I also train people as well. And oh, I cool. am launching my clothing brand. Uh, I have a shirt that I had recently made that has my logo and it says, everything's a layup. So even for me, when I get a three, I'm like, oh, it's just a layup, you know? It's a mentality. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a definitely mentality, mentality thing. In life. Like something might look difficult, but it's, it's really just a layup. If you keep practicing and you know, you build your mindset to think that way, everything's pretty much going to be a layup, even the mm -hmm. difficult things. So, you know, that, that's what I want to do. It's inspire people, help people. The way you think about it like that it's, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. when you drop that brand, make sure you send it to me so I can, you know, get some shirts. And okay. For, for real, for real. I, don't yeah. know, I like to support. So make sure you I'll let me know when it, okay. come, when it comes out so I can get some stuff. But yeah. please tell me that you tune into basketball, women's and men's now. Absolutely. Listen, I've been telling people, you know, so uh, I train people as well. And I've been training lately a lot of, you know, even female players. 
And if I'm going to be honest, I have really learned to appreciate women's basketball, girls' basketball a lot more through the last year or some change, maybe the last year and a half. Like, I really, really sincerely enjoy it. That's not me trying to earn points from females for equality or nothing like that. That's the honest truth. I really have enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I watch both. I watch males. I watch females. And there's a lot of talent. You know, there's a lot of talent. So everybody that I see, I try to tell them, like, listen, don't just come out here and try to duplicate moves. Watch basketball. Don't watch the highlights. Watch basketball. Watch what she does. Watch what he does. Look at how they're making these cuts to the basket. Look at how they're decisive in their decision making. You know, it, it's been really, really good. And I remember you said you're attending the game tomorrow. Yes, I awesome. am in the playoff game. Awesome. Yes, and they're playing Chicago Sky. So that I have, I have awesome. favorite players on both of the teams. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be lit. Now, what state are you based out of? I am from Rhode Island, but I'm currently in Massachusetts right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So this, I, I never played ever. I was gonna ask you if you can hoop. I know <laughs> no. you can hoop. I can't play. Mm-mm. It's too much contact for me. I mean, I can shoot, I can make a layup. You know, That's I can. I can do that. But yeah. as far as like playing, no, I just like talking about it. I get excited. It's my happy place. So here we are. Do you have a favorite player? You know, I watch a lot of Steph Curry. I watch a lot of Steph Curry. I've studied Steph that a lot. That makes sense because you shoot a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I've gotten comparisons to Steph and Clay Thompson. Ooh, I, 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 I like Clay. I watch both of them. You know, I'm ready to see Clay come back. Yes, me as well. Me as well. And uh, they, they help me with standards as well. You know, you, you come out and you make five shots, and they make 10 shots in a row, you know, just in warm up. So it's like, okay, like, and that's what I meant earlier by people got to raise their standards. You know, I've seen them hit 15, 20 mid-range threes in a row or whatever. And people are happier after making two. So it's like, you got to raise your expectations and you got to really become a student of the game and a student of yourself. And for me, I studied how I was doing things wrong so that I could correct them and study nice. how to do those things right. I mean, it's so. a, that that mindset is everywhere. Even when I'm like watching shows or uh, watching pre-games or halftime shows, I'm like, and they say something, I don't know. Like, Ooh, I got to figure out who that is. Or especially with women's basketball, I've only gotten to grow so much love for it in the past year. So it's a lot of things I have to go and do my research on because I want to make sure I'm saying the right statistics. I want to make sure I just know for myself and it's basketball. I want to know the correct history and women just been balling. So there nope. it's, it's, it's been um, more intriguing to watch them hoop than the men right now. I'm a LeBron fan. I can't wait to see him play. So yeah. I'll be in the building there too. Oh yeah. I'm glad it's back open because I definitely yeah. miss the fans. And absolutely that, you know, sports, I tell people all the time, a big thing in sports is fans. I love coming out and looking up at the fans like, yeah, this is lit. It gives you a, a, a different type of energy. Does like it give you an extra push? Thing. Oh, win. I know people say it all the time, but I really do feel it. Like, I could not imagine playing in front of cardboard pieces of paper. Like, that was just insane to me, you know. So, it really does. I really, really enjoy playing in front of people. You know, every before every game, I get those little bit of nerves, but it's the healthy nerves. 
and it, it really helps me to focus more and it just shows me that I care mm-hmm. so that when the ball goes up I'm like oh yeah this is just basketball so you say you watch curry um did you as a kid who did you grow up watching who did you have a would you say your game mimic or you learn from Baron Davis oh that's a first that was my guy wow that was my guy he had the headband like me (laughs) (laughs) you know he had the hops he could shoot it and he played for my favorite team which was the Hornets at the time Mm -hmm. so I followed him all the way you know Golden State and Clippers as well so Wow, that that's very interesting. Well, yeah. like for the way you talk about how you play, I see why. But a lot of people say Mike. A lot of people say Kobe. A lot of people I've heard someone say Shaq. So I guess yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, I mean, I definitely appreciate it. I have, I still have Kobe, you know, right behind Jordan. It was just that you know, Baron Davis. He kind of you know, he was more of my type of game. Mm-hmm. So I try to do things that he did, you know, because he, he was similar in size and stuff like that, you know. Okay. Do you have any, um, besides Curry in the NBA, um, since the season is about to begin, do you have any players that you're looking forward to watch? Well, like you, I really want to see Clay Thompson come back. I want to see how he's going to look, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't appreciate him enough because he's not very flashy, but he does everything that he's supposed to do, and he does it precisely you know he plays defense <laughs> he rebounds he he can shoot it mid-range deep ball you know he doesn't do a lot of crossover stuff he doesn't have to do all that he moves without the ball you know mm-hmm, he does i I, re- I really appreciate that so i really want to see Faye come back for sure anybody else um it'll be interesting to see kd again because i think he'll be even though he was great last season i think he's going to be even more closer to 100 percent this season yeah i don't think uh, he was fully um recovered from his injury last season absolutely absolutely i'm ready to see um i want to see if chris middleton comes back the way he um after winning because we see how jimmy came back and he just didn't have that dog fight in him um I definitely want to see Ja again. Um, I want to see how he comes back with a chip on his shoulder after being um, eliminated in that playing tournament. Of course, I want to see my guy. Um, but yeah. What about James Harden? Remember, he wasn't one. Well, I'm not really a James Harden fan, so <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Too much, too much I, dribbling. He, yes, yes, he's too. When he played with Westbrook's Westbrook and KD, it was amazing. Him now, I'm not taking with you. His game, he can he can score, he can shoot from anywhere. He gets to the basket. He can create his own shot. Yes, but all that that just pisses, yeah, that just makes me mad. And when any player does it, when everybody like, why are you doing all that dribbling? Pass the ball. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing I really have, even in football. Let the ball go. Let it go. Ball go. That's right. That's you know? why I like the Warriors, you know? The Warriors, they, they have very great ball movement. I mean, can, now, can they score in a one-on-one situation when the shot clock ran down? Yes. But that ball moves. I mean, they're running off of two double screens, and if you're cheating out of those guys, they're going to slip it. They're going to get open dunks and layups. So now you're like, am I going to give up an open dunk or open layup or open three? 
that make decisions. Now imagine if they yeah. get a solid big man, all the defenders they'll draw in the paint, and then all the shooters they have in the perimeter. Oh. Man, yeah. Oh. So I'm not a really a Curry fan, but I'm definitely yeah. I want to see the Splash Brothers back. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I yeah. appreciate your time. Appreciate I appreciate you talking you. with me. Thank you for coming on with C. Um, make sure you tune in. Make sure you keep me updated on your merch because I definitely want some. And again, thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All righty, C's out. All right. See you.